Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Next is now. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're very pleased to be joined by Utah's Governor Spencer Cox joining us on the line. Governor, a busy day for you today. Well, they're all busy, Boyd, but I'm glad we had time to uh, to connect. Uh, that's great. Well, you, you've been involved, and uh, Utah has been in the middle of a lot of critical national conversations over the last few days. Uh, you joined President Joe Biden on a conversation uh, about vaccines. Let's start. Let's start with that. Yeah, it was an interesting opportunity. They reached out uh, to to six governors, uh, three Republicans and three Democrats, who they felt, whose states they felt had done a, a really good job of getting the vaccine out there, and uh, they wanted to talk to us about different ideas and and how we could uh, we could make progress getting towards having seventy to eighty percent of our our uh, adults fully vaccinated. Uh, that's great. And it's and it does seem like Utah is ahead of the curve nationally on a lot of the things relating to vaccines and to many parts of the pandemic. Yeah, we, we've been very fortunate, again, having incredible participation uh, from from Utahns all across the state, leadership at the local level that has really made a difference, and, and so many people at the state level who have been working closely together. And, and it's, it's nice to see that recognized on a federal level. We and, and we've had an impact with some of the decisions we've made in that very conversation. I, I, you know, I encourage the, the president to, uh, uh, to to act fully vaccinated. Um, we, we get mixed messages, and I think it hurts uh, those we're trying to encourage to get vaccinated when they see that nothing changes. And uh, we want to change that message. Really exciting, of course, breaking news today that, uh, he, by the way, he agreed with me. And, uh, and, and just today we saw the CDC changing their guidelines. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask everywhere, as they've been, uh, as they've been telling us to do. And that's a welcome change. And, and so important. You, you talk about those uh, mixed messages uh, when when the citizens are unsure when they when they have to hesitate and vacillate and wonder you know does this month have an R in it is there a full moon and then what do I do uh, it never leads to the the right behavior and the right outcomes uh, which is what Utah has been able to produce. And that's been our focus. It really has been outcome driven and, and trying to be practical, you know, not taking any extremes, but taking all of the data and information we have and then making the best decision that, that we possibly can. And uh, and so far, the results uh, show that, that Utah has done it better than just about anyone. Yeah. One of the other uh, national conversations you've been a part of uh, during this week was uh, you joined uh, 18 other governors uh, with a letter to President Biden and the administration uh, talking about the crisis at the border. 
Yeah, so this is I, I, I talked frequently with uh, with my border state governors, uh, our, our friends down there. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Governor Ducey down in Arizona, and and to see what's happening there is is really uh, really difficult. Um, just it, it's been mishandled over and over again. And and, and I'll be clear, I, I've been <laughs> I, I've I've had issues with the way every administration has handled this, and I've been pretty vocal about it. So this isn't just rank partisanship. Um, but I was asked to uh, to join the Republican governors in that letter. Um, there were some things that, that I may have uh, said a little differently in that letter. But when you have 20 people uh, trying to agree on language, you, you don't always always get your way. But it is important to point out that the mistakes that have been made and how critical it is. I mean, this, this surge, it's not getting as much attention as past surges have gotten. But even if you look at, at past surges, um, this is is far uh, larger and, and far outnumbering the number of people. If you look at just the, the apprehensions that happened in April versus April of last year, or April of the year before and going back, um, this is a, a huge increase in a humanitarian crisis that, that has to be dealt with the right way. Yeah, one one of the things that was raised in the uh, in the letter to to President Biden and the administration, and uh, as you said, this is these are not a lot of new things other than this surge that we've had, and uh, and the fact that there's been not a lot of transparency uh, in terms of the process, but also that the 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 governors, the the local communities, have not been involved in a lot of this process, but the states and the communities are ending up carrying a lot of the burden. Uh, as they compassionately try to help many of these uh, refugees and, and those who have come across the border. Well, and that's the disappointing piece, and that's that's the case we've tried to make in all of our conversations. Um, the, the White House has started getting better at some of them, but but not at, not at all of them, and that is to really work with, with locals, uh, and that, that's how we solve these problems. We really do know better what's happening in our states and what's happening in our communities, and that gets lost sometimes in Washington, D.C. I, I will say, and, and by the way, I've heard this from Democrats as well, that the, the last administration, the Trump administration, was much better at reaching out to governors and, and staff to staff, just working really closely, making sure that we were included, making sure that we were able to give feedback um, than the, the new administration administration has been. And, and that may partially be because they're new and they're still trying to figure out who's doing what and getting their feet on the ground. Uh, but but they, they they struggled to do that. And that's why, um, again, reaching out on, on the vaccine piece, that, that was a welcome change. We haven't seen much of that. Um, we, we had the vice president or president in, in all of our weekly uh, COVID uh, briefings and updates. And we, we haven't had that at all. I think that the vice president attended once um, in, with the new administration. And again, I know they have a lot going on, but but that 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 collaboration with locals is how we solve problems and how we find success. And we're certainly hoping to see more of that. Yeah, so much of that uh, state and federal partnership is so vital for those uh, for those things really to get done and solved and, and be done in a sustainable way, for sure. Uh, one area where uh, the state continues to lead out is uh, in our economics and our economic outlook. Uh, the uh, rich state, poor state uh, came out, and for the 14th year in a row, uh, Utah is at the top of the heap. Uh, even coming out of the pandemic, I think the state is is clearly positioned uh, to do things a little different and to show the rest of the country some different ways that things can be done. Yeah, that, that ranking is, is always interesting, and there have been several others. U.S. News and World Report had us as the best economy in the in the country a few weeks ago, and, and it, it's gratifying. I, I think it's a reflection of the um, the entrepreneur 
people that we have here, that the spirit, the entrepreneurial spirit, um, we're, we're the startup state. It's remarkable, all the new businesses that are that are coming out of, of here. And, and having the right mix of, of, of government regulation or, or a lack of government regulation is probably the better way to put it. Um, low taxes and, and really empowering our, our citizens. Um, we, we also announced that we're, we're rolling back the, uh, the, the, the pandemic extensions on unemployment. Um, we have the lowest unemployment in the nation. And uh, starting the, the 1st of July, we need people to get back to work. And there are three to five jobs available for every person on the on the pandemic extension right now. So th- there, are, there are so many opportunities. It's never been easier to get training, uh, to upskill, uh, to uh, to find good work and, and, and work that pays even better. And we want to uh, help and empower Utahns to, uh, to go out and get those jobs. But um, the, the economy, what we're doing here is working and we're we're just going to try not to screw that up. <laughs> uh, I, I want to drill down just you raise such an important point, Governor. We, we often talk about, oh, just, you know, go out and apply for a job, go out and get get a job. Uh, but you said something I just want to make sure everybody catches, and that is there's never been a better time uh, to upskill, to get more uh, opportunities, to retrain or to be redirected. Uh, tell us what we're what we're doing in that space. Yeah, so we've we've directed our our Department of Workforce Services as well as the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity to work very closely with higher education, um, in including our our our. our our Utah Technical um, Institutes as well uh, to to provide opportunities and funding for uh, for workers to, uh, to to go back to school or get a certificate or uh, do, you know do whatever make it flexible and we have we have all kinds of state and federal funding available for for those opportunities and so we we really want to help people it's not you know not just say hey go go find a job or just go find a minimum wage job we we have so many jobs available right now that pay incredible starting wages um but but there there is some training that has to be done before you can you can take those jobs and so we're we're working with private industry as well to connect those dots and uh, and make it possible so you know i i would just encourage people to uh, not not just be satisfied if you're if you're struggling or or don't have a lot of opportunity um we can we can help change that all right. Fantastic. Governor Spencer Cox, we appreciate you uh, giving us a few minutes today. We're, we're not sure what you do with your extra time between 3.15 and 3.30 a.m., but uh, we, we may uh, try to fill that for tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Boyd. I'm always available. It's great to talk with you. All right. Again, that's uh, Spencer Cox, governor of the state of Utah. I appreciate his time with us today. All right. When we come back, final segment of the show today, before we turn it over to the great Jeff Kaplan for your afternoon drive, we're going to talk about Something radical. Radical amazement. Find out what it is coming up next. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.